listeners, and welcome to today's passion podcast where I interview people about um, their passions. Today, I'm joined with Miss Fetland, my AP language uh, arts teacher that I took in high school. So, uh, Miss Fetland, why don't you go ahead and start this interview and tell me about yourself? Well, thank you, Natalie. Uh, My name is Shayla Fetland. And like Natalie said, um, I teach AP Ling and Comp and have for quite a few years here. I just finished my 21st year teaching and uh, teaching and learning through a pandemic was certainly a new and fascinating experience. So we're going to add that to uh, to the resume there. Uh, I've been teaching in Colorado since 2004 and I put in four years prior to um, at a school in Iowa um, yeah, I started teaching in, in the year 2000, so it's easy for me to remember how long I have been doing this. What else do you want to know? What, uh, what's your major in college? Yeah, okay, so I went to Simpson College, graduate, and I have an English degree from there as well as, you know, my teaching endorsement, and then I got my master's degree from the Colorado College in Colorado Springs in 2010, if I remember correctly. And and that's an MAT. It is a master's in, and the program was essentially a liberal arts design, which was incredibly cool. And I thought really applicable to teaching, you know, Lang, because mm-hmm. our, our content is, is so incredibly varied. And it's not about the content, it's about the skills, you know, we can, we can read darn near anything and do the skills mm-hmm. with it. So I loved, you know, the, the multifaceted aspect of, of that design. So that's, that's my uh, academic background. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so something I think we would all want to know is what made you want to become a teacher? <laughs> so I, I grew up with of educators. So in a lot of ways, you know, a little bit maybe indoctrinated uh, to it. <laughs> Um, I oftentimes joke, you know, that that education, it, it is a career, obviously, teaching is a job, mm-hmm. but I also kind of view it like a lifestyle, and having grown up with um, both my parents being teachers, my grandmother was also a teacher, um, and my dad also coached um, a lot, I, you know, I was a gym rat, I was always kind of in that school environment in some capacity from a very young age, and so it was pretty natural, um, I, I was very... I was very lucky in that my dad provided me opportunities to coach alongside him as well. And so I was coaching volleyball and I was coaching. Actually, my summer job when I was in college was a director of a little league boys baseball program. Wow. So Parks and Rec. <laughs> Have you seen Parks and Rec? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> I love that show. Um, You know, that that was my summers all through through college, actually. Um, And and I saw I saw the relationship between teaching on a court, teaching on a field and being able, you know, to take some of those same strategies into the classroom and, you know, reading and writing ha- have long been a passion of mine. Those, you know, were my favorite subjects mm-hmm. when I was, you know, in, in school myself, middle school, high school, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how that all came together. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and what I, piece inside of that is that content is great, you know, and, and English is great and stories are great and writing is great and, and reading is great. 
But with education, it's got to be about enjoying being with other people and being with kids and, and teach. Um, that's kind of got to be at the front of it. And if that's at the front of it, then, you know, you can, you can teach all sorts of different things. Yeah, absolutely. What was your first year of teaching like? A blur, just a big <laughs> fat blur. <laughs> um, um, the first year, I mean, the first year in a lot of ways is it's survival because you are, you're figuring out who you are in the classroom. You're figuring out what is most important to you. You're learning how relationships, you're, you're learning how to establish um, yourself with your, your colleagues and, and with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're trying out a lot of systems. You know, I, I remember when I moved out of my first classroom, you know, I spent four years at Indianola High School in, and I was packing up because I was moving out to Colorado and I found like all these binders of all of these different like management systems. And, and I didn't even remember, like, I, I tried that and clearly I didn't <laughs> stick with that. And I tried that. I clearly, you know, so it's, I think that first year, it's a big learning curve. Um, it's, you know, you're, you're just time. I had four preps. It was a smaller school, you know, and I, I taught four very different things and I was coaching, um, and, and so I was really, I was really busy. Um, and, and in retrospect, I can tell you now that I think enthusiasm made up for a lot of no idea um, what I was doing. And so, so that was good. So the first year is about being really enthusiastic <laughs> and excited <laughs> about what you're doing. Um, you know, and, and you got to take risks because you, you don't know if it's going to work until you try. True. And, you know, you're trying to build an environment where you have so that you can try things out um, and you're learning to laugh at yourself and going, hey, um, I remember one of the best things that one of my mentor teachers taught me when I was a student teacher was the um, the phrase, had I have been yesterday, this is what I would have done. Because, <laughs> you, you know, when you, you go home and you're like, oh, my gosh, that was a total, you know mess and it didn't work and whatnot and you're reflecting and you're trying to figure out why and then you figure out why (laughs) and being able to go back and go hey kids you know that didn't work clearly that didn't work Mm -hmm. um had I been a better teacher here's what I would have (laughs) done and then you pick it up you know from from there um you know and if you can hit that three-year mark we we know that we'll keep you that's that's the thing that I tell young teachers is those first three years there's just you know a lot of learning curve and a lot of growth and you just, you, you hang in there, you ask a lot of questions and you go watch other teachers um, to figure out what, what you might want to steal from them and also what you don't want to do where you're like, nope, that's, that's not me. Um, don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then something really shifts. I think at year three where you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing here. I've got some momentum and, and yeah. what, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to that three years. <laughs> oh, it's it's going to be good. And, and I have, I have great memories actually from my first year. I really do, but, but kids are very powerful. They can make you or they can break you. And so I think making sure that kids know that you can about them getting better, that, you know, wherever they are, we're going to move forward from there. This is about your personal best and you just going out there and beating your, yourself each time. Um, it's not about anybody else. 
you know, we're, we're just trying to move you and that that's what matters. That I see you and that I hear you and that this is your education. It's not my education. It's yours. So what do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think that I, I wish I would have done more of that um, in, in those yeah. early years. I think mm-hmm. those are the things that you kind of figure out um, yeah. as, as you move along. Right. And caffeine. And- I think you'll start drinking coffee. I think during your first year, I wasn't a coffee drinker and, you know, then I became one. So there you go. Are you a coffee drinker? Are, are you a coffee drinker yet? I have a coffee right next to me right now. So do so I. Well, yeah. look at that. See, you're going to be just fine. You already have a coffee habit. So it's all going to be fine. I'm already, I'm already preparing. I'm already preparing for it. You are. You are. You're training. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. To those, to the listeners, I want to be a teacher one day. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So shifting a little bit, you are an AP teacher. Um, so for those that don't know, what does AP mean? So AP uh, stands for advanced placement. It is a national program and it is designed to provide a college type experience inside of the high school classroom. So it is the it is the, the rigor, it is the critical thinking, it is, you know, the content that a student would encounter during like those core freshman classes that they take in college, like a Comp 101 um, or an Earth Science 101 or, mm-hmm. you know, macroeconomics, something along, along those lines. And the, through the college board, students take a test at the end of the year. It's kind of like the SAT, you know, in a lot of ways. It's a big standardized test. Mm-hmm. And if they earn a high enough composite score, then they can essentially, you know, trade, if you will, to their college for credits. And so if a mm-hmm. kiddo, for example, you know, passes the AP Lang test, they can potentially get credits for that Comp 101 class, or maybe just get placed into a higher level course showing that, hey, I've, I've already mastered, you know, I'm um, at these skills. And so we can, we can move on to the next level. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> what made you want to be an AP language teacher specifically? Um, is this where I tell you that was never part Um, I don't know. No, Um, I I did fall. No, to be honest, I I did fall into it. And, you know, what's fascinating about your first year of teaching is oftentimes you you do end up teaching classes that you never expected to teach. I I taught creative writing my my first. And I would not say that that was a wheelhouse. (laughs) Enthusiasm makes up for a lot. And I asked a lot of questions. And I got a lot of good models um, and, and whatnot. To, to, fortunately, they never asked me to teach a poetry class. I think they were like, yeah, nope, that <laughs> one we can see. That is not. So what, what happened, um, I think, is I had taught AP literature and composition mm. when I was in Iowa. And so on my resume, I had the, the AP experience. Mm-hmm. But the school that, you know, I was applying to, they had an AP position that was open and and there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap between those two courses and the Mm -hmm. key was you know I'd been through kind of that AP thing before Mm -hmm. and 
I was like, AP Lang, I, you know, I can learn how to do that. I can get excited about that. And, and I do, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Asked me, you know, when I was in college, yeah. and, you know, reading Withering Heights and Jane Eyre, if I ever saw myself, you know, teaching a class that's 95% nonfiction, I, right. I, I would have been surprised um, by that. And, but, but I, I love it and have really found that has so many flavors and it's such a diverse genre and um, it's, it's really become my passion. Cool. Um, so what is like the process of becoming an AP teacher look like? So you do have like your, the design of, of your curriculum needs to be audited. So you do go through a process and schools have an, like an AP coordinator um, at our school in particular. Uh, one of our guidance counselors does all of the AP stuff. And so she helps with, you know, getting our audits in and everything. And there, there is curriculum that is provided. Uh, it's curriculum in a pretty loose sense. It's very skill-based and you're essentially again, preparing kiddos to take this exam at, at the end of the year, making sure that they have the the critical thinking skills, the, the re- for, in particular, the, the reading skills, you know, the writing skills to be able to, to tackle those, those pieces. Um, I, I think it's very helpful to go to various like AP conferences and mm-hmm. institutes and whatnot, like Cherry Creek High School hosts an institute, um, the Colorado Legacy Grant hosts an institute as well, um, where you can actually take classes with these uh, AP instructors who you know teach you a lot of tricks of of the trade and whatnot and there's also a pre-ap kind of program that kind of scouts all the way down into the middle school as well so that was i mean that was kind of my process like okay. i went to a lot of conferences and classes okay. and, and you know and, and did a lot of research and um, you know, with the internet, you can figure out what a lot of other teachers are doing in their classes and beg, borrow, you know, the, right. the educator community is small and that's cool. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and educators tend to want everybody to win and they're like, Hey, it works well with my kids. So, Hey, maybe you should try it. And yeah. I think giving back to the program is, and, and I mean, program, like all of the teachers and all of the kids, all of the places and saying, mm-hmm. Hey, this, this works. What if you were yeah. to try this? And I read a lot of books, you know, always reading a lot of books mm-hmm. and podcasts. You got to listen to the podcasts. Yes. Podcasts. Yes. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. The podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, when I took AP language with you, you co-taught with another teacher where you would teach for a week and then the other teacher taught for the other week. How did that work exactly? How did, um, how did you um, like schedule what each of you would teach and just what did that look like exactly? So that was like a magical, all the stars aligned sort of thing. (laughs) So worked with, we had been in the department together for years and we actually both taught our own individual sections of Lang. So we had been in a collaborative content, you know, team together for, for a long time. And ultimately we were doing what we call, you know, 
and a mom share. So our kids, our own children are stair-stepped. Her son, you know, is a year older than my daughter. And then her daughter is a year older than my, my son. And we wanted to be able to keep um, one foot in the classroom, but also be able to be home with our kids. And so this was kind of our creative solution to Mm -hmm. doing that. And we had a very supportive administration, which was awesome. We went to our principal and we said, we, we have this idea (laughs) and, and we pitched it to her and she was like, okay, I, I think, you know, that, that, that could work. The reason that we took the same group of kiddos and we switched on Wednesdays was because, you know, at our school, we have this modified block schedule. And it mm-hmm. just, that was a good starting spot, you know, to have mm-hmm. that other teacher kind of pick things up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did that for eight years and we so much, you know, that the planning was really, really tight and we had to be very reflective because mm-hmm. when you, yeah, when you handed the baton back over to the yeah. other teacher, she needed to know exactly where we left off. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think it really tightened up, you know, uh, us paying attention to who was getting it, who was not getting it and still needed some support. Mm-hmm. Um, what were we going to do with the kiddos who already, you know, showed that, hey, they had a good handle on this. We need to move them on. Ones who still needed some more practice with this. And um, so we started embedding in, you know, more skills. You know, and um, we had to, we built calendars, you know, in, in a nutshell, the answer to your question is we built <laughs> a lot of calendars um, and then talked through the calendars and, <laughs> you know, and I think what was really cool. And again, I can say all these things in retrospect because I get to look back on them. And there's, you know, reflection, right? We, we don't learn right. so much in the process of doing the thing. We learn the most in the process of looking back on the thing that we did and thinking about why it worked and why it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we, we were able to look at that calendar and, and really boil it down stuff and say, here is the thing that during your week needs to happen. And at the core of it, let's make sure that that happens and everything else can kind of fall away. As long as those things, those things that we say are, you know, the pinnacle, they are the most important, important thing. Um, they, I mean, you were a student, you know, in, yes. in this experience, so you should totally talk about how weird it was yeah. to have two teachers. Um, yeah. But, you know, we also played off, we're, we're very, we're two very different personalities mm-hmm. who share a very similar philosophy, but I'm kind of aggressive, <laughs> softer touch, and we totally use that to our advantage. And there was a lot of good cop, good cop, bad cop. Like, mm-hmm. all right, your turn now. You need you need to go in and work on this, and I'll work on this. And so, yeah. Am I allowed to ask you questions on yes. your on your podcast? How yes. weird was it to have two teachers and they switch? <laughs> it was awesome. You like got the best of both worlds. Um, yeah, different personalities. Um, I think that really helped. Honestly, though, hearing your side, um, you guys ran it so well. Like, there was never a disconnect. Like, wait, Miss Fetland said this. No, like, you guys, I never, looking back as a future teacher, I realized, oh, my God, that would be very hard to have another teacher to work with because you saw so many things in a week and you can't share every little story, you know? So I, I never realized, like, how 
impressive that is that you guys did that. <laughs> that is so nice to hear. That is, that is, that's very um, nice and rewarding, rewarding to hear. Um, what you said made me think of, you know, we kept this Trello board and we kept copious notes for each other. And that, that was a piece of it. And I'd kind of forgotten that until, until you something at the end of each day before I would go home I would sit down and we had these categories on this Trello board you know Mm -hmm. and I would record it was like a diary it was like a diary of the day Mm -hmm. and here's what you need to know and and here is a struggle that I had and here's something we need to think about and I do remember when I was at home and the cool thing about the mom share job share is we had to see each other every afternoon because you had to go pick up your own kids from right. the other the other teacher, the other friend. Mm-hmm. And so we would debrief really quickly at the end of each day. Okay. And piece of it as well, you know, and so we we got to, you know, we would talk about the kids and what happened with our children at home that day. That was part of the debrief. Mm-hmm. And then the other part was what happened at school, you know, and I think, you know, we were, we were these part-time stay-at-home moms and we were so frazzled with four toddlers that we were so excited to see the teenagers that are, you know, to go to a place where people like listen to us and stuff and like laugh at our (laughs) jokes. Um, We were so thrilled to see you guys. Um, Part of that might have been what you were picking up on too. It's like relieved to be here. Oh my gosh, I do. There's there's no spit up in my hair right now. Like <laughs> I took a shower and it's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah no. The things that you did not I know. Mean. The things that you did not know while you were sitting in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Went very smoothly. Yeah. So um, right, last question I have. Do you have any advice for me as a future teacher? <laughs> oh my God. All the things, right? <laughs> <laughs> All the things I, um, I'm just so thrilled that you are excited to come into the profession. You know, we need young, enthusiastic teachers who are excited about kids and are excited about learning and are excited about, you know, new technology and taking risks and, you know, not being afraid to stand up to the arguments of, well, that's the way we've always done it. I think that that's a thing that you're likely going to hear somewhere along the way. And just because that's the way we've always done it does not mean that that is the best way, you know, to do it. Mm-hmm. We're learning. And so I think, oh, I think one thing that was really important to me as, as a young new teacher was finding those mentors who I trusted, who I valued, who I I coach, who I could ask questions of and go and tell them. My, you need somebody who you can cry to. Like that's really important. Yes. Like there's got to be somebody whose room yes. you can walk into, shut the door, put your head down, and just let it all out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, and I I think those mentors to find, um, and and they might not necessarily be in your school. You know, they might be people who you have kind of collected along the way, your own former teachers, the the person who you student teach with, um, somebody in a different department who, you know, 
you you have come to to have a relationship with an instructional coach you know even a, a professor from you know your programs in school I, I think it's a profession where you spend a lot of time alone in this space with your students and so you have to seek out collaborations and you need those people to say, hey, that happened to me too. Or have you thought about trying this? Or And you need those people to celebrate with too. Oh my gosh, this totally worked and I'm super pumped about it. Um, and so I think finding finding your people is, um, and sometimes you'll be surprised by you know who your people are and you're like, I did not expect you to be my person, but oh my gosh, I think you know you're my person. Because, you know, we need, we get satisfaction for different needs through, I think, uh, a host of, of different people. So I think, I think that's number I think number two is that if you, you keep reminding yourself that, you know, the most important thing is that kids feel seen and heard in your space with you that you look up and that um, you make sure that they know that this is about them and that that's important and that they have a voice and that they're honing that voice, um, whether it's in mathematics or it's in history or what we're talking about. Um, and in, in phys ed, that you have a presence and it's about, you know, that, that presence and, you know, finding comfort in that presence, I think. I think those are the things. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I will definitely take that to heart. Absolutely. Um, everything you said. Uh, thank you so much for um, joining me today. Thank you for having uh, me. Awesome. This was fun. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for always being there for me when I, you know, when I was going through a tough time, you were there for me. So thank you, Miss Fetland. You're and so welcome. Any, uh, closing remarks you'd like to say? This has been an honor. This is so cool. This is my first podcast interview. <laughs> so stone moment in my career. So awesome. thank you. I'm very, I'm very grateful <laughs> for that. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.